1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. We have a lot of news for you. Very, very busy show uh, that we have tonight. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff to get to. On today's show, this morning, Friday morning, it's just about that time to get ready for the weekend. And top aides are said to leave to have known uh, for a long time about abuse accusations against a top White House aide, Congress has voted to reopen the government, passing a massive budget deal, and the stock market swings tell you pretty much everything you need to know about our incredibly rigged economy. So, that's what's on today's show. Right here today, a newsflash, and now let's get started. Let's get cracking, everybody. Uh, let's let's get right into the show. So, Congress votes to reopen the government and passes a massive budget deal here today. Um, The House of Representatives approved a major budget deal early Friday morning, ending a brief government shutdown overnight and sending the measure to the president for his signature. The vote was uh, 240 to 186, and the GOP-controlled chamber needed help from the House Democrats to clear the bill. The Senate approved the measure early on Friday morning. The... (coughs) federal government shuttered for the second time in less than a month overnight after Ken- kentucky senator Rand paul uh, prevented the deal from passing thursday ahead uh, uh, ahead of the shutdown deadline um so pretty much what happened was um they were voting on some kind of a a government shutdown deal that we did review uh on the show it was pretty much the same deal uh that paul ryan uh earlier today said he uh earlier yesterday said he had the votes for um and pretty much what ha- what went now went uh what went down was the the fact that we saw uh Rand paul come onto the floor and make a big speech and pretty much say uh that there is no way we should be continuing to talk uh about raising so much more uh increasing the spending caps What he to life because um and he, he just nailed them at every point. It was like, Aren't we small government conservatives? Uh didn't we get so mad when Obama did this and now we're we're jumping out to take T V interviews. So he really went after his own party on spending, which he was right about, but then he voted for the GOP tax bill, which adds a lot to our our debt, like one point five billion dollars to it. Um yeah, so that is the incredible situation that uh Rand Paula to deal with last night in the Republican Party, but I do kind of respect him uh sticking out for things. Uh Senate approved the measure early on Friday morning. The federal government is shuttered for the second time of course, uh, less than a month uh in less than a month overnight. So that's the pretty incredible situation as well. Uh congressional negotiators scrambled all day Thursday and early Friday to Friday morning to lock in enough votes in the in the House to uh get on on with things there, the impact of the shutdown, which just came weeks after the Democrats and a handful of Republicans, including Paul, refused to support the continuing resolution, but only lasted a that only lasted a weekend, were expected to be minimal. But a path forward for the bill still remained murky in the House. There was a lot of uh, non non support, um, and this is, should be the interesting thing: did it support DACA, and did Nancy Pelosi and her caucus support it? So. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, we, we will, we will find out, ladies and gentlemen. It's a fun thing. We'll, we, we find out as we go on. I kind of already have an idea from what I've been reading, but the key is, you get to find out. Uh, it's not clear if there are enough votes in the House to do so, but look, so liberals are unhappy. Uh, the bill is not addressing, uh, immigration and conservatives oppose the increased spending. Republicans, in the House and the Senate, well, I don't know, they're just sellouts, right? So uh, it just looks like to be where they are right now. After the vote succeeded, Senator Mitch McConnell kept his word to move, in, uh, move to an open immigration debate next week. Although we mentioned yesterday, Paul Ryan has made no such promises. Uh, and open immigration debate means literally squat. So pretty much right now, I had high hopes for this. I thought. Or people, uh, the the people we like to represent us would finally, possibly, maybe represent us, but now they are at an all time slim here. They're probably like just two percent if I had to quantify them, because Mitch McConnell's open debate on a subject he really does not want to have an open debate on uh, is something I do not very I uh, I do not trust very much. So. Yeah, the Minority leader moved to call a vote Monday to proceed on an unrelated House bill that would serve as a vehicle for a process unlike the Senate has seen in recent memory, where senators will be able to offer a number of amendments that are uh, that, competing, that competing immigration proposals to see which ones will secure the 60 votes needed to advance. But that will only happen if the House passes the continuing resolution later Friday morning. So we will we'll have to find out. So, um. Here's the key, key question: How many of the House Democrats will vote for the plan? As of least Thursday, it was not clear. Uh, it, it was not clear that there would be um, enough. Uh, it, it, there was it was not c- clear wh- whether it would be enough Republican votes to pass through the House. Meaning, likely some Democrats would have had to vote for it to reach a simple majority. A fact House Speaker Ryan alluded to in a Thursday morning interview with Hugh Hewitt. Part of it depends on the Democrats, he said. This is again by the CNN reporting. Uh, this is a bipartisan bill. It's going to need bipartisan support. Uh, the West po- Wisconsin Republicans said, we are going to deliver our share of that support. I feel very good about the Republicans. He thought he had the votes. The Colossal Bill, which makes lawmakers uh, have been negotiating for months, would be a game-changing piece of legislation, clearing the next for Congress in a major way, with a spending bill pretty much... Um, Pretty much, pretty much stalled at this point. Um, but the overall deal does not address the high-profile issue of immigration, a key sticking point for some of the many Democrats here. Um, and what I want to know is, uh, will this CR pass the House? And so pretty much what we've seen so far is, um, uh, pretty much Congress has approved the major budget deal, uh, so, the House of Republicans voted t- 240 to 186. The GOP-controlled contr- tamper needed help from the House Democrats to clear the bill. And 73 Democratic members gave it. 67 Republicans voted against the plan. So, that'll be the interesting. we we'll we we'll get the real vo- voting totals on that. Um, and that is what we just don't know. This is a, The report that I have for you is a little bit weird because it says, like, what's been updated... What is not, and that's the the very interesting thing. So, all right, here's what's in the bill: the massive two-year budget deal proposed by Senate leaders on Wednesday raises budget caps by more than three hundred billion in the next two years, increasing the debt ceiling and offering more than eighty billion in disaster relief to uh, Hurricane-ravaged Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico. About one hundred sixty billion would go to the Pentagon, and about one hundred twenty-eight billion to the non-defense program. So our members are focused on the military are very happy that we landed with that, and the debt ceiling will be raised by the appropriate amount until March 2019. So this is, again, I mean, the amount of spending caps were considered a victory before under the Obama Republicans, but our Democrats are right now practically Republican. They're like, okay, okay, yes, sir, we'll do it. It, It's really just quite insane. They ignore DACA. That, we know, for sure is not in the bill, and uh, the House has passed, as we know, just early in the morning, a sweeping budget deal that again now has reopened the federal government this is the spencer walsh radio network your show will return in just four minutes pendo on the beat and I just want to be absolutely clear on where things stand right in the Congress. The next step for this continuing resolution budget deal is going to the President's desk. It's passed the Senate and it's officially passed the House. We'll see you in 2 minutes and 57 seconds for our next story. All right, gentlemen, welcome back to today's show, and I'm reading more about this crazy budget situation, and it is literally a mess in our government right now, uh, so, and I feel like, I feel kind of bad because I didn't provide you enough kind of context of uh, what was going on in the last way It's kind of irresponsible of me, um, so, but what I will I'm do is spend a little bit more time on this story, um, All right, so the government and the House of Representatives have gave the final approval for early Friday to reach a a far-reaching budget deal that will reopen the federal government and boost spending by hundreds of billion dollars hours after a one-man blockade by Senator Rand Paul delayed the votes and forced the government to close. So that is something that I respect personally, um, although I don't really care too much about his position. I mean, I think government spending should be... Cut and be. We should responsibly spend with our government. I mean, obviously, uh, but I mean the, the the points we need to spend for p- p- things like military are just pretty much ridiculous. We are ignoring the problems we have here at home by spending so much of the military. I've spent. I've said that numerous times. Uh, but the main thing is just how crazy all this stuff is with with DACA. No one is fighting for not a person, not a... Now, Nancy Pelosi can give all her great speeches, her heroic eight-hour speeches on the floor, but why does it matter if you're not going to get anything done for the dreamers on the long haul? Why does it matter if you're not going to get done for the American people who overwhelmingly support the status of dreamers? There have been countless polls done on that one. It's 75, 78, 87% as high as one poll as the most recent poll, uh, 87% support this, support uh, protection for the DREAMers, and the fact that there was, wait wait a minute, 73 House Democrats that voted yes to offset more than the 67 Republicans who voted no, boy, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me here? You, I thought you guys had principles. I thought you were under an anti you're gonna stand up for what was right and protected Nope. You voted for the Republican bill, the Republican bi- quote unquote bipartisan bill. This is more this is the most right wing budget bill that we've ever had. I mean are you kidding me? I'm just I saw the document I am just like I'm not surprised, but I'm still, oh, what is going on? I try to withhold criticism here, but it's just not possible anymore. It is sad what we are doing here with our government, and we need to get out. We need to, and if you want someone to, if if these guys were in Congress right now, the Justice Democrats, eh, who are all progressive people, support your local, if you are someone progressive running, challenging, your primary Democrat who's been there for 20 years or whatever, go primary them, because we need these type of people out of our government, so, um, uh, so what I what you need to go is slash donate elect that, Bernie Sanders style Congress in 2018, we're actually gonna fight for you, fight for the positions you actually believe in. Because guess what? They're the real American people, and they believe in those positions too, which is very cool. Um, so I'm just gonna give you some of the people. to uh, so give you uh, some of the people running here. Uh, so it's like, for example, um there's Dan Cannon in Indiana. So he he he's like one of the people who uh on the lawyer team that won the gay marriage case in the Supreme Court and he's running against one of the biggest corporate democrats out there who gets into Congress and just donors. I only care about what they're doing. Don't 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 donors. It's unbelievable uh, that we are seeing that. So um that we're seeing a over fifty one candidates taking to the, uh, taking to the streets with Justice Democrats with R L with other really key important organizations, and supporting the heck out of what the people want. So that's something you're gonna need to vote for if you really want to get immigration in there. If you really want to get pro policies in there, I mean we should just have normal citizens to be able to do that. Because but their donors they get on the phone with them and they say. Don't shut down the market. You can't shut down the market again. Uh, shut down the government because the, the markets will tank. But it's just the markets will tank if you shut down the government. That's all I hear. So like, oh, you better agree with the government. Yeah, he's kind of right. I don't. Can't risk a shutdown. We had a government agreement here. Uh, but only oh, shut down for five hours. Is, is that okay, sir? And the big donor goes, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'll take another $500,000 check like Paul Ryan did, directly from the Koch brothers after he t- passed the tax bill. Okay. Uh yeah, so that is just incredible. So uh respect to Iran Paul holding Republicans accountable, he says, um uh he says uh the reason I'm here tonight is to put people on the spot. Yeah, Paul. That's right. Uh I want I wanna make people feel uncomfortable. I wanna have them answer people at home. Who said, How come you're against the President Obama's deficit and you're for the Republicans' deficit? I think the country's worth a debate until three A three in the morning, frankly, he said, Um Uh This is this is rich coming here from John Conrad of Texas. Number two center Republican. He goes, I think it's irresponsible Uh, the act of a single senator who's trying to, this is what he described Rand Paul's actions as the act of a single senator who's just trying to make a point, but doesn't really care about how much he inconveniences. Oh, do you want to go to bed? Are you a little bit tired? I'm sorry. Are you supposed to be a United States senator? And you're blatantly going against the positions you stated a year ago. So I think you better stay up. Like what you want to you want to go to go grab your little blanket and sit on the the floor of the uh the Senate and suck your little thumb? No, like stay up. I don't care if you're inconvenienced. Jeez, oh my god, this is amazing here. Uh, yeah, wow. Whoa, this is just. Uh, can I? Are, are there more quotes here? Uh, quotes here. Uh, Rand Paul voted for a tax bill this is brian chats who makes a good point that that blew a 1.5 trillion dollar hole in the budget now he is shutting the government down for three hours because of the debt this is a chance to demonstrate fiscal discipline uh was on the tax boat delaying a vote isn't a profile encourage. it's a cleanup it's a respectful cleanup because the more de- uh the democrats want to make their act together is something they need uh yeah but still Rand paul he's being betrayed as someone who's like. Oh, going against the grain, and that's, to me, something that I definitely, definitely respect. All right, so now we continue. White House officials, they have conceded Thursday that they regretted the way they handled accusations about Ralph Porter, the staff secretary who resigned on Wednesday after two former wives publicly accused him of abusing him, we even put one posting a black eye on Facebook, but they refused to provide any information about when President Trump's most senior advisors first learned of the episodes. So Mr. Porter abruptly departed from the West Wing. On Thursday afternoon, one day after John Kelly, the chief of staff, and other senior officials had issued statements defending him and say they would prefer their remains at his post. So pretty much what happened here is this is kind of all you need to know in the situation. So first, you know the situation with Rob Porter. He uh, was accused of publicly abusing two wives. Two uh two of his uh two wives, his two ex wives, uh, one of them even posted a picture of Black Eye that he gave her on vacation. It was really just a disgusting, disgusting situation. We talked about it on the show yesterday. Um, uh, but still, amazingly, he was brought into work today uh, with the wishes of John Kelly, um, for to work another day. Although he has resigned and most likely won't be showing up today, from from the best I can understand. Um, and pretty much what happened was. This is this is the all telling CNN Chiron John Kelly cl- claims he was shocked by uh, 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 Rob Porter's abuse allegations, but in actuality he he knew this guy knew literally for months in advance. So what the struggle is right now to find out in the White House is what did you know and when did you know it. Yeah, really quite a crazy situation we're seeing with the uh, that whole story and ro- with Rob Porter. There's just a lot of talk about that on TV today. I just want to get to that too quickly because I know we went a little, uh, little long in the budget situation there. All right, so we now continue, and we got a very interesting uh, story for you. Uh, the stock market. It is a very – but this is a point that kind of had to be made here. The stock market swings pretty much tell you everything you need to know about a really rigged economy. And Karl Marx used to say, well unemployed people weren't capitalism uh, were capitalism's reserve army so we didn't invent the term that he meant that capitalism drew its strength from this army standing at the ready to take a worker's job if the current one didn't like it uh, if the employers levels and employment levels are high enough bosses can pay lower wages and treat workers poorly if one of them quits there there are plenty more in reserve but if the reserve army is depleted, if the economy is at full employment and everyone who wants a job has one, then bosses can't treat, or treat workers as disposable, and they can't indulge in racism and sexism in the same way, which is kind of an interesting theory, although obviously full employment is very nice, and I would really like to see that happen. Who who wouldn't? I mean, uh, a, a, a boss who treats women of or people of color poorly, refuses to hire them, is at a supreme disadvantage if there's no reserve army, there's no backup well to get from if he's ever uh, in need of it. So, if you think back to World War II, when unemployment evaporated in order <laughs> to meet the demands of the war effort, Rosie the River didn't get her job as a result of a social movement on behalf of the gender equity on the factory floor, she got it because the factory needed bodies and had less abilities to indulge in their sexism. Full employment takes the power out of the hands of the bosses who use it to discriminate and give power to workers that uh, to make demands, and if those demands aren't met, they have freedom to work elsewhere. That theory about unemployment in a capitalist economy is re- relevant to how analysts Are pulling apart two-day collapse of the stock market that began Friday and its subsequent wild swings. The intercept reports. Market watchers have said that the flat out that the crash was reported by was triggered by the new jobs released, or or sorry, new jobs report released Friday, showing that wages nearly a decade uh, into the recovery have uh, finally started beginning to rise. Um. So now that. Analysts say that the Dow Jones Industrial Average went up or down for this or that reason. They're often just guessing. But what specifically moves a body as complex as the stock market is in some ways unknowable, but it is useful to explore the cause being ascribed to last week's crash, rising wages, which sounds a little bit weird. Apart from the implication for the market, what it says about our economy, which is structured, uh, um, what it says... About the way our, our, our economy is structured is much more profound here. So, start with the suggestion that kind of seems on its face that the market crashed because wages were seen to be rising. Anyone outside the financial system would immediately see wages going up as a good thing. After all, it's what every politician and every party says they won't happen. They just have obviously different ways of getting there. Um, uh, but for market analysis, An analyst, it's a bad thing. It's a visible sign that inflation is around the corner. Um, Concern about inflation was most glaring on Friday when stocks tanked after the January jobs report revealed the strongest wage gain since 2009 uh, reported CNN money. The immediate catalyst was the jobs report. Um which showed the strong United States economy might be finally translating into rising wages for American workers, a sign that higher inflation could be around the corner, offered the New York Times. And if inflation is coming, then the Federal Reserve is likely to raise interest rates to slow down the economy and cool off the inflation. When the Fed raises interest rates, bonds become more attractive, so people move from stocks to bonds on the stock market Dives in um. It becomes harder to borrow, it becomes harder to borrow, so businesses and homeowners have less capital to throw around. Profits get squeezed by higher interest payments, and as interest rates interest rates rise, um, the value of, and the value of older bonds, with pay at a lower interest rate, go down. So people are losing money all over the place, all because wages started to go up. It's kind of a triggers a really bad situation for those people working in the economy, which is kind of sad because I mean I'm sure they don't want to see people's wages go up, right? Wink, wink. So um everything in the structure of the economy then is geared towards making sure wages never have to rise. And for nearly half a century the task of the economy which wages have not budged since 1970 capitalism's reserve army has its ranks bolstered by a mechanism as known as the inflation target or the inflation objectives the Fed currently sets the target at 2% meaning that it does it doesn't want to see inflation now higher or lower than that it mm, uh, what it really means is that it doesn't want to see inflation higher than that because the economy kind of hadn't per- hit the two percent target in two years so uh sorry in years not just two years um let's see uh but the target itself has little meaning since any little sign of wage growth is uh but taken is taken to meant uh, to mean sorry that inflation is just around the bend. so the Fed taps the brakes to keep everything under that target. So, when the Fed hits the brakes, people lose their jobs. It's kind of an unfortunate side effect of tighter monetary policy, but it is the intended effect. But the two percent target argue, uh, two percent uh, target argue people who want to see real full employment is too low. The Fed is throwing people out of work unnecessarily, or at least for no sound economic reason here. So, that's uh, that's the problem. And uh, that we are still dealing with at this point. Political activism on the left around monetary policy doesn't have much in- infrastructure but the Center for Popular Democracy, which is uh, through a group called the Fed Up Campaign, which has begun to change that. Progress on that front could seem to be seen in a tangible way last June when the Fed Chair, or then Fed Chair, Janet Yellen, was asked to s- at a press conference to respond to a letter organized by Fed Up uh, and signed by two dozen economists calling her for her to raise the inflation target. She opened the door to it, actually, um, saying, quote, I would say that this is one of the most important questions facing monetary policy around the world. This is one of the most critical decisions and one we're attentive to evidence and outside thinking It's one we'll be reconsidering at the future time. Um, I mean, because language Fed chairs use very important, very coded, um, her answer was lengthy, her answer was um, very interesting. So pretty much in plain English, she said, uh, Yellen said that decision, uh, the Fed made in 2012, because before she was Fed chair, might have been the right one at the time, but evidence suggests the rate could be set higher. Wage, this is pretty much what she meant to say there, and kind of translated out of economic speak. Uh, wage growth since recession is, has been anemic, and the labor share of corporate income is nowhere where it needs to be. uh, uh Jordan Hitler, campaign manager of FedUp told the Intercept, but if the Fed announced that it was willing to tolerate the higher infrastructure target or even adopt a wage target, maybe investors would treat the modest uptick in wages as good news rather uh that it is, the good news that it is rather than just panicking. So if the Fed announced that it was willing to tolerate a higher inflation target or a wage uh, or even adopt a wage target, maybe investors would uh treat the recent modest uptick. Maybe has good news. Just maybe. Uh, All right. So placing President President Donald Trump uh, now chose, meanwhile, to reappoint, not to reappoint Janet Yellen, the person who made that original statement, but appoint Powell. The question for Powell who took the reins at the Fed this week will be whether to move in the direction that Yellen has hinted or to keep the boot on the neck of the wages. So even assuming there is no employer aid, uh, sorry, uh, employer class ideology behind the current model, the trouble is that there is really no relationship between inflation and joblessness. Uh, sorry, that the relation from job, uh, between inflation and joblessness has become less and less clear since the model was first drawn up in 1958. So, um, that's the problem here. We need something where that's the that's the main fix after this kind of crash that our economy is just dealing with here. Um, can we find a way to increase range, uh, increase wages for American workers and not have the stock market go down and everyone freak out and everyone lose money as we mentioned before in that period of time? That's what the Fed there is working on here. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. We will have, probably have Glenn Bradford with you almost definitely we love having on with us and alright that's just about it for us today ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us we will see you soon
0: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: dearly beloved we are gathered here today
0: to has anyone seen the bride and groom
1: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
0: no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry 18 plus.